turn to Genesis chapter 5, if you would, please. Genesis chapter 5. I thought I had everything planned out, knew exactly what I was going to preach, and then God interrupted me uh, a few days ago. God led me to this very passage of Scripture uh, as, as a springboard, really, tonight, along a thought that I believe is very relevant to where we are today. Genesis chapter 5, we'll begin in verse 21, if you would stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word. Genesis 5, verse 21. Says Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Let's pray. Father, tonight. For some reason, you have led us this very direction. And Lord, there's a word for somebody tonight. And Lord, we don't know what all you're wanting to do, but God, you've prepared us for such a time as this. And God, there's something you want to do as you speak to people here in your house tonight. So God, I pray, break down every barrier that would stand in the way of people hearing from you. And God, you might have your perfect way here in this place tonight. Lord, I pray, Lord, use me. God, I pray, speak through me. May it not be my word, but may it be all yours. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the people of God together said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As we begin this message tonight, I want to ask you the question, When you die, how will people remember you? When you die, if, if this were to be the very night, that you were to die, how would people remember you? Well, I look across this crowd, and we have several people all in this room, and you all have different personalities, different walks of life. So if we were to go around and kind of have a commentary on this very question, we'd have all kinds of different answers. Some of you tonight would be remembered for your personality. If if we were to look back over your life, we'd say, that woman sure was crazy. Or that man was out of his mind. He liked to joke around. He liked to cut up. Some of us would be remembered for our work ethic. People would look back upon our life and, and remember how hard we worked. Sometimes we worked too much and didn't enjoy life like we should. Some of us would be remembered by that. Some of us would be remembered by our faith. We would be remembered by our quiet spirit. We would be remembered by all kinds of different types of things that reflect not what we do, but who we are at our core. Here in Genesis 5, Enoch, there are only just a few verses in this passage that deal with him. It doesn't say much. But notice in uh, verse 22, it says, Enoch walked with God. Jump down to verse 24 and you'll see the very same statement, Enoch walked with God. As I begin to reflect upon that very statement, I would like for people to look back over my life and say, Matthew walked with God. And it's a very sobering question when we ask ourselves, how will we be remembered 
when we die. Enoch was remembered for his walk with God, but as I think about this very subject, a lot of people are remembered not for their walk with God, not for the good things that they accomplished, not for the good people they were, but many people are remembered for the mistakes they made. To me, that is such a heartbreaking thing because many people do not have to be remembered by those very things, but those around them choose to remember them for their mistakes and not choose to remember them for their victories and for the, the mountaintop experiences of their life. They make one wrong move and, and they are branded for life. Think back with me for a moment. If you go back to the book of Genesis, where we started, move forward just a few chapters and you'll see a character named Abraham. What do you remember Abraham for? Many people don't remember the fact that he was willing to offer the son that God had promised him for so long. Many of him don't remember that uh, experience where he was down to the wire, he was getting ready to sacrifice his son, and God provided a substitute. Many people don't remember him for that. Many people do not remember Abraham for the time when God called him out of his hometown. God never told him specifically where he was going, but God said, I want you to leave your comfort zone. I want you to get up. I want you to move beyond where you are. But most people don't remember Abraham for that. They don't remember him for his faith. They don't remember him for his obedience. Here's what they remember him for. They remember for him for stepping outside the will of God with Hagar, the handmaid. They remember him for being impatient and not waiting on God to provide this uh, very child that we know as Isaac. We remember him for lying about Sarah being his wife, but we fail many times to remember him for the victories in his life. Move forward to the book of Exodus, if you would, and look at a character by the name of Moses. Mo Moses had anger issues, to say the least. Many of us can identify with Moses' anger problems. If we would be real tonight, many of us, when we get tested, we're downright hard to get along with. Many people don't remember Moses for the fact that he walked with the children of Israel for many years. They don't remember him for his faithfulness, but they remember him for the time when he lost his anger, he lost his cool. He was often remembered for his mistakes rather than for his obedience. If you move forward just a little bit more in the Old Testament, you'll see a character named David. David wrote many psalms which we so enjoy as we read the Word of God and as we study and as we have our devotional time with God. So many of the psalms comfort us. So many of the psalms give us strength when we have none. But many people don't remember David for writing the psalms. Many people don't remember when the statement was made that David was a man after God's own heart. What do most of us remember David for? We remember David 
for committing adultery with Bathsheba. We remember him for later murdering or, or being responsible for the murder of Uriah, her husband. We forget all these good things and we often remember him for his mistakes rather than for his obedience. If you would go to the New Testament, a man named Simon Peter. If we're honest tonight, most of us probably identify with Simon Peter more than with any of the other disciples. Why would you say a lot of us are good for sticking our foot in our mouths? The, uh, the Apostle Peter, if you look back, and you will see countless time and time where he said things without thinking. Some of us are very good at that. We say things over and over. We say ridiculous things, foolish things. We wish we could take them back. But that's a little too late. Better to think first, then speak. But remember, many remember Peter for being the one to speak without thinking. Many of him, many people remember Peter as the one. Turn to Matthew 14 if you would. Matthew 14. This is one of my favorite stories in Scripture. Matthew chapter 14. Many remember Peter for this instance. Jesus comes walking on the water. And Peter is among the disciples who were in the boat. Most people don't remember that Peter was one who had enough faith to get out of the boat. Most people don't commend Peter for his courage, for the fact that uh, although he took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink, most people criticize him for taking his eyes off Jesus and rarely ever commend him for actually having enough guts to step out of the boat and follow Jesus. How many of us, I, I will be honest with you, I would probably be one of the scaredy-cat disciples sitting inside the boat saying, Peter, you go ahead, follow Jesus if you will, but I'm going to stay here where it's safe. That would be me. But we don't commend Peter so often for the fact that he got out of the boat. We criticize him for taking his eyes off Jesus. But even more than that, we, re we remember Peter for being the one who denied our Lord three times. Jesus told him ahead of time that that very thing would happen, and he didn't want to believe it. Who, who of us would want to believe such a thing if Jesus were to say, you will deny me three times when the heat is turned on? Most of us, with our good intentions, would want to follow through and to be the good disciple. But Peter is not remembered so often for the good things. He's remembered for denying Jesus mostly. Many people forgot that he had the guts to get out of the boat, but many people forgot that he was repentant and Jesus restored him. John chapter 21. Let's turn there and we're going to look at just a couple of verses. John chapter 21. 
What would most of us do if we knew somebody who denied our Lord? We'd cut off ties. We'd say, strike one, you're out. We'd say, you messed up, you have to live with the consequences, get out of my sight. What did Jesus do? John 21, verse 15, it says, so when, they'd break in, or when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So what does Jesus say? Feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, tend my sheep. Now the third time, Jesus says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter's a little agitated, knowing his past, knowing how he messed up before. He's like, Lord, you've already asked me two times. Lord, you know I love you. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And one final time, Peter says, feed my sheep. God gave Peter a second chance. Peter had messed up what many of us would consider royally. Denying our Lord, doing what many of us would never consider. But in the midst of peer pressure, he said, no, I'm not with him. But Peter was broken. And God used him for service. When we come to him with a repentant heart, God is a God of second chances. Are you thankful tonight? Are you thankful that he doesn't hold one sin against you and say, okay, you've blown it royally. You thought a thought you shouldn't have thought today. You wanted to slap somebody you work with. That's it. You've said something you shouldn't have said. There's no grace. But Jesus extends a second chance. Three times Jesus says, If you love me, I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to go out because there's a great work to be done. There are people dying and going to hell. Go out and share the gospel. I want to look at one final place and we'll conclude. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. This very thought I found to be such a blessing that after Peter denied the Lord, John 21, we saw where Jesus invited him to feed my lambs, feed my sheep. But now in Acts chapter 2, we see one of the greatest events in the history of the church, an event we know as Pentecost. This was the time Jesus has ascended to heaven. He has left the disciples with a work to do. The Holy Spirit has come down now in, in a little different way, uh, now beginning to indwell believers and, and, and move like they've never seen before. And God uses Peter in the midst of all of it. Peter preaches the gospel all through Acts chapter 2. And I want you to notice what happened after he preached. 
it says, verse 41, those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 souls. I would love to see such a move of God today that when the word of God went forth, people couldn't wait to be saved. We are in such a dry and, and barren land. We are seeing so little movement. Pe preachers are still faithfully preaching the gospel, but we're seeing so little movement. But here we're seeing God take a man who had stumbled along the way, restored him, and now used him to lead 3,000 souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful beautiful picture as I wrap up this message tonight all I can think is many times we in the church for, have forgotten the God of the second chance we love to sing about the grace of God but extending the grace of God to somebody that's messed up we forget to do it we love to get the grace, but we're so slow to extend it to somebody who's fallen off the path. I'm so glad tonight that there are countless people in the Bible that Jesus didn't give up on them, but he restored them and he used them. What are we to do with this word tonight? We are called to be restorers. We are called to see those people who are falling in sin, to grab them by the hand, pick them up, and get them back on track. Galatians 6.1 is a great, great principle there. It says, those of us who are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Why? Considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted. Any of us is prone to sin. The hymn writer said it well, in Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the God I love here's my heart Lord take and seal it seal it for thy courts above we all come to a point in our lives when our hearts drift away we need someone to love us enough to restore us we, we don't need to be the ones to look at other people and say okay he messed up I know his past she messed up I know her past I will therefore judge her by her past and not see that Jesus can make all things new we can't do that we have to help people walk the path that God has designed for years I, I was around some very judgmental people who who, who were who, who never saw that people could be restored it was almost as if they, when somebody messed up, they were there to point the finger, not to pick them up. And I, I began to fall into that, but then I realized, is this what Jesus would do? Would Jesus kick a man or a woman when they're down, or would he pick them up? Would he restore them? Would he get them back into a right relationship through repentance? And I came to discover through passages of Scripture like this very one, Jesus wants to restore men and women 
unto himself. When we sin, it's not the end. We can come to him, turn from our sin, and find joy and peace. David did that very thing. We talked about him a moment ago. After he sinned with Bathsheba, he later wrote the psalm that said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. He lived with the scars, yes. Did he do wrong? Yes. Do we call it wrong? Yes. But do we give them a second chance? Yes. Do we bring them back to the path God would have them to be on? I believe there are three kinds of people here tonight as we get ready to extend this invitation. Some of you tonight are here and the reality is you need to forgive yourself for your past. Some of you tonight are here and you cannot forgive yourself for the, the bad relationships or all the things that you've said to people that hurt people or all the thoughts that you've had. Maybe you can't forgive yourself for growing up in a dysfunctional family. I don't know what it is, but your past does not have to dictate your present and your future. There is hope in Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you need to forgive yourself, I encourage you to come. If you have repented of your sin, God's already forgiven you. As far as the east is from the west, the Bible says he will remember your sin no more. Here's the thing. You have to come and find that joy yourself. He's already declared it. As Rachel sang a moment ago, not guilty. He's declared it. But we have to walk in it. There's a second group of people here tonight as well. Maybe you have a whole list of past mistakes but you've never you've never come to Christ you don't know what forgiveness is like because you have not given your life to him tonight you can know what it's like to be forgiven and free when you give your life to the Lord Jesus you can find what it's like to have the blood of Jesus wash your sins as white as snow but then the final thing and to me, this is the saddest commentary. And I believe we've all been here at one point in our lives. These are those who are guilty of pointing the finger rather than picking people up. We have all fallen into that self-righteous Pharisee mentality where we are quick to come along and say, Look what you did. You did wrong. You filthy, dirty, rotten sinner, you. We need to repent of such an attitude. We are in a generation today that I'm afraid doesn't look at the church as favorably as it used to. And I'm afraid that it's because of this very thing that we have become so condemning of people. I, I wish things were the way they used to be. I, w I wish that when the word was preached, people got excited and people enjoyed worship and, and people were as tender as they used to be. But I'm afraid we're, we're in a day and age that where people's hearts are harder and harder. And, and people don't look like us anymore. It used to be that even people outside the church looked to a degree like we did, smelled like we did, 
parted their hair like we did and now we're in a day and age where it is probably very highly likely that one Sunday morning or one Sunday night a guy's going to come walking down that aisle and he's going to have a mohawk with about 15 different colors he's going to have a piercing that starts at his ear goes to his nose and, and maybe connects uh, to his arm who knows uh, you know, I don't know much about piercings that's very obvious <laughs> very obvious I, I, I'm revealing my lack of knowledge there heavily covered to the point uh, they've, they've got skulls tattooed all over them and you can't see their real skin for all the ink but Jesus looks down and says that is a man for whom I died Whew. God help us to reach out and when that man comes walking down that aisle grab his hand and say I'm so glad you're here tonight I pray that you experience the presence of the Lord. And if there's any way we can help you and show you the love of Jesus, let us know. We are here for you. I don't know where I'd be tonight without the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no idea. Had it not been for someone faithful enough to share the gospel, had it not been for the fact that my parents... Uh, put me in Christian school and allowed me to go to church I don't know where I would have been I may have been the guy that I just talked about who knows but Jesus wouldn't love me any less he would still want a relationship with me however I was would he want to leave me the same? no if any man is in Christ he's a new creature the Bible says but he'll meet me where I am and change me through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in a day and age, the world needs us. We have people, I was sharing with our Sunday school class this morning, we have people that are so blinded by their sin, they think that it is normal, the lifestyle they're living in. They think that their dysfunctional ways are the norm. They think that what you see on a Jerry Springer show is the norm. It is not. It might be accepted by many in society today, but it is not normal. It is not God's plan for happiness in your life. So tonight, I don't know which category you fall into, but if God has spoken to your heart, do business with Him. Don't hold back don't say I'll take care of it later tonight's the night Patsy can I ask you to come and play something my, 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 my initial message plan changed so Patsy whatever hymn you decide will, will be just fine appreciate that would you bow your heads close your eyes music's going to begin in just a moment but you don't have to wait for the music to begin you can come and do business with God right here right now would you stand Father once again tonight I don't know why you led me to this very subject but God I believe that nobody needed it I did 
God, we're in a world that's hard and cold to the truth. And God, they don't need people to kick them, but God, they need people to love them and to show them that Jesus is the way. So, Father, there's somebody here tonight that needs to forgive themselves. Somebody who's already a Christian, who's who's already repented of the sin, but God, they're living with guilt that the enemy's throwing at them. God, I pray, may they take care of it tonight. God, if there's one here who doesn't know what forgiveness is like, God, I pray, may they come forward and get it right. But then, Father, now this is, this is the hard one. To come to a place where we admit God we've been guilty for too long for sticking up our nose at people because God we could be right where they are God forgive us for that God I would hate to think that there's somebody who, who could be saved today but I missed that opportunity because I thought I was too good to speak to that person. God, forgive us. If you need to come to this altar for any reason, we'll have one more stanza. Just be sensitive to the Lord. this way on the turn.